Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And on this podcast, I have talked before about the four fundamental forces of nature. But do you remember what they are? Now, I'm not talking about like some kind of metaphysical thing like, oh, it's earth, water, fire, dude. No, I'm talking about scientists defining the four fundamental forces of the universe. This is as far as they've gotten. They've broken it down to these four forces. Do you remember them? I'm going to give you the Jeopardy theme while you think about this right now. Let's see if you can come up with the four fundamental forces of the universe. Okay, there was your chance. Let's see if you came up with it. I bet you came up with at least a couple of them. I bet you came up with gravity, right? That's a big one. Gravity's a biggie. The second one is the electromagnetic. So, you might have come up with that. I can imagine you are more likely to have come up with electric or magnetic. But that is combined into one fundamental force of nature. The other two are the weak nuclear and the strong nuclear. Those are the ones that usually trip people up. And if you actually look at the definition of this, and again, we're talking about what actual scientists are telling us is what they've learned here. The four fundamental forces of the universe, sometimes called interactions, again, are gravity, electromagnetism, the weak force, the strong force, they are called fundamental because they cannot be reduced to anything simpler. Gravity and to some extent electromagnetism are experienced by people in their everyday life. But a complete description of the forces requires advanced physics. So this gives you a little more insight into this and look i don't really think anybody understands this stuff to be honest with you the gravitational force is due to the curvature of space-time electromagnetic force is due to charge the strong force is the force that binds protons and neutrons together keeping atoms intact I guess the weak force is just a... It's just a watered-down version of the strong force. That's what I'm going to say. I don't know. So anyway, it says it's thought by physicists that these forces, at least three of them, electromagnetism, the weak force, and the strong force, become a single force under very high temperatures. So, what we're looking for here is is a, a unification theory that says, oh my goodness, we finally figured out how all this stuff connects, how it's all related. And that is what eludes us. But there is news about a black hole discovery that's going to be released soon. 
And this is really interesting because it is true that studying black holes might give us all insight into how matter works in this life that you're living right now and how that the entire experience that you can expand to the level of the universe might just be one side of a mirror you know and on the other side you have another type of universe and it's a black hole that connects the two i mean that's sort of the idea you know you hear about black holes all the time you you remember the movie the disney movie the black hole came out in 1979 i bet many people who are listening to this podcast never really heard much about a black hole until they watched that movie the black hole the disney movie Do do you realize that that movie disney's the black hole was the very first Disney movie to get a PG rating. That that must have been a really big deal at Disney. You know, they're doing cartoons that are G-rated. They're for everybody. They're for the whole family. That's the whole motif. That must have been a huge leap for them to make a movie where they're like, okay, we're going to get a little harder now. We're going to go PG on this one. And uh, apparently, if you look at uh, the history of that movie they say that it it was given the pg rating for its frequent use of the words hell and damn and also the violent death of dr alex durant it i don't think i've seen that movie since i was a kid so i don't really even remember too much about it but i think maybe that's uh that's going to go on my grindhouse list now i gotta sit sit down and watch the black hole again but uh the funny thing about the idea of the black hole is that you know if i ask you when were black holes first conceived well you might think oh they were probably conceived uh sometime in maybe the 1900s you know like the 1920s that sounds like a good time when physicists were getting some shit done you know but actually it goes back to the 1700s can you believe that the first time if you look at the history that someone actually you know wrote down the idea of a black hole was in uh i think 1784 something like that but it wasn't until the 1960s the 1960s that we started taking black holes seriously uh, up until that point it was really it was something people thought about but it was considered kind of uh, a science fiction topic so it's pretty cool um maybe i'm showing my age a little bit here but but you know to me i mean i wasn't born in the 1960s i was born in the 1970s but that they to hear about something as big as a black hole being taken seriously in the 1960s that seems pretty recent to me and if you sit down and you just actually look at okay what what is a black hole exactly okay here's the definition according to wikipedia a black hole is a region isn't that an interesting word is a region of space-time 
exhibiting such strong gravitational effects that nothing, not even particles and electromagnetic radiation such as light, can escape from inside of it. And then it goes on to say that, um, again, historically, this was first considered in the 1780s by John Mitchell and Pierre Simon Laplace. And then uh, it was written about a lot more seriously in 1916. Um, And then you get around 1958 and it's taken more seriously and then, you know, 1960s. That's when we really started seeing like, okay, there's something to this. And I was talking yesterday about Stephen Hawking so it kind of turns out this is a a fitting follow-up but one thing that I would like to share with you is that you know if you've been listening to my work uh, my podcast work or following my you know the stuff that I do for a while you know that one of my great mentors in life was a man named Charles Yost Charles Yost and Charles Yost was a NASA Hall of Fame scientist. And uh, I was an apprentice under him for a long time. As a matter of fact, I, when I, I was recently talking about him, I listened to the podcast later and realized I'd misspoken. Um, I said that I met him when I was in high school. Actually, I met him when I was in middle school. Uh, my science teacher was a lady named Kelly Crisp. I have no idea what has happened to her. I have not seen her or talked to her in many years, but uh, she was wonderful, and I would love to make contact with her again. I don't know if she would be proud to call me one of her students. Probably not. I <laughs> she was a good scientist, so I probably when your science student becomes a ghost hunter, you think like, okay, I, I, I screwed up somewhere here. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> no, Kelly Crisp, she was a great uh, science teacher and somehow she came into contact with Charles Yost and so once I became his apprentice and we began working on a lot of interesting projects in the laboratory we started getting into these very deep conversations that uh, a lot of people were afraid to have with him because uh, a lot of people just saw him as the you know, boss man and they, they they wouldn't engage in thoughtful philosophical conversation and uh I just, you know, I was curious. I couldn't help it. I had to. And he he liked to talk about that stuff. And he said that there is very good evidence that when you start breaking reality down to its smallest particles, and that's really what we're talking about here, right? Especially when you get into quantum mechanics. You're talking about breaking reality down to its smallest little particles and seeing what happens when you mess with them and experiment with them. Um, He said it appears to be true that eventually you reach a point where the little particles in the middle of all the other little particles in the middle of all the other little particles, okay, like so you break things down, you know, from molecules... Uh, like well, let's just say cells. You know, like cells to molecules to atoms, and then you, when you really get down to the smallest parts, you find that 
the only way they can sort of try to explain what's happening here is that the smallest little pieces pop in and out of reality. Yeah, wrap your mind around that one scientifically, okay? So the littlest pieces, the littlest little things, they pop in and out of reality what or existence. So the first thing you have to ask yourself from, from a philosopher's point of view is, okay, well, what the hell is existence? Well, what we're talking about is basically what we can measure, what we can describe, and, you know, what we can put mathematical parameters upon. So, uh, yeah, the littlest things, they pop in and out of reality. And so he was saying, and I have tended to agree with this more and more as I've learned more and more as I've gotten older not that that's really worth much considering we are measly old humans that every single atom may actually have a black hole in the center of it or something like that okay I mean we we made this giant leap from imagining such a thing as a black hole existing somewhere out there in the 1700s to finally saying okay yeah uh black holes are real in the 1960s to one of the major theories is that every single solar system uh or actually i I guess it's every single galaxy has a black hole in the center of it yeah every galaxy i think that's that's one of the big theories every galaxy now has a black hole in the middle well if the big picture is the same as the little picture and vice versa as above so below is it possible that literally every single little particle of reality has a little black hole that it's not some gigantic big-ass thing that's out there in space somewhere that no it's within your body it's the wormhole brain it's where your consciousness comes from it's why that we have this dreamlike experience that we call life it reminds me of this article from 2008 which hard to believe that's now old right 2008 from New Scientist, very reputable source, headline, it's confirmed, matter is merely vacuum fluctuations. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to lay some physics on you for a little bit, okay? So just, you know, don't, don't get too intimidated. Here's what it says, matter is built on flaky foundations, Physicists have now confirmed that the apparently substantial stuff is actually no more than fluctuations in the quantum vacuum. The researchers simulated the frantic activity that goes on inside protons and neutrons, and these particles provide almost all the mass of ordinary matter. I could dig so deep into this right now, but I'm not going to. I will just post this article for you. I found that that's the best thing to do when you're doing a podcast is just hit the high high notes so you get the point. And then if you're the, the type of person who's curious enough to take it to the next level, I'll post the article. You can do that on your own. But 
again, I, I you know, I, I think the headline sort of sums it up, right? I mean, Matt, actually, the whole headline, it's confirmed, matter is merely vacuum fluctuations. So this is a very curious thing, you know, the idea that, well, maybe, just maybe, there is a black hole at the center of everything, of every little thing, of every cell in your body, of every atom of every cell in your body, there's a little black hole. And that's why these particles sort of appear and disappear. They're popping in and out between here and some other place. Now, if you view a black hole as a wormhole, even though that wormhole experience might shred and destroy everything that goes through it, still, you can't help but think, is it possible that there is some kind of a complementary universe on the other side? Again, I don't know if we can... I, I, there's no way that we can possibly say we have the evidence to justify some kind of inverse universe like on the other side it's going to look like this in some way like it's a mirror image there's no way that we can justify that but it's possible yeah i mean it's possible that uh hell it could be anything right it could be anything but it almost seems like that we are living on a day-to-day basis just right there alongside in tandem certainly parallel, possibly intermingled with some other realm slash dimension, and that uh, we're partly here and partly there. And that's why we have a problem following the trail of consciousness. Like, where the hell does your consciousness come from? Where are your memories stored? Where do dreams come from? Where does creativity come from? Where does talent come from? Where does your personality come from? I don't care if you're studying somebody that you admire, who's doing wonderful things, or somebody you despise, like some serial killer. We're like, where does this come from? You know, where where is this energy, this data that's organized into creating this expression that we get to see here in life where the hell does this come from well it may be well it's coming from one of these uh parallel realms dimensions of data and that black holes whether we look at them as big giant things like the disney movie or you look at them as just being a subtle natural organic part of how the whole world is constructed black holes may be the key to that so it's really interesting when you have a news story like this one uh several people have sent this to me uh, i think lauren was the first one to send it to me astronomers worldwide are about to make a groundbreaking black hole announcement now granted granted this story did come out yesterday on april 1st so look i'm not (laughs) i am not telling you this is real this could be an april fool's joke you just never know but if it's real uh the european southern observatory has just revealed there will be a huge announcement yes uh, next week yes we well, you know how that sounds but as far as we can tell appears to be the world 
is about to finally see the first ever photo of a black hole's event horizon. So the event horizon is, and I'm just going to put this in my own words, the event horizon is, that's the the region where you're kind of screwed. You know, like if you're heading toward a black hole in a spaceship and you get toward the event horizon, oh, you're going to get sucked in. So this is like the cluster of matter of debris, of garbage, of shit that just sort of will build up in a ring around the black hole right before it gets sucked in and stretched to spaghetti and shredded and all that that stuff. So the the event horizon is supposed to be like that. That's an area where you can still see matter because it's not in the black hole. Because if it's in the black hole, it's too late. You can't see anything. All the information is gone. But you get to see uh, that very bright area of matter that is about to be sucked into the black hole. So that's going to be really cool if this is true and we get to see that. So that's the news story. Again, I don't know if it's true or not. I, I have to question everything that comes out on April 1st. I've been in the media business long enough. I have to do that. But I hope it's true. And um, I'll also, you know, post this story for you. It's not hard to find. I mean, if you just type in black hole right now on Google, and uh, it'll probably pop up in various news sources. So, you know, maybe it's real. And if so, I really find that uh, astounding that we might be the first human beings, you and I might be the first human beings to get to see the event horizon of a black hole something that has been basically imaginary for for hundreds of years actually coming to life coming to fruition and again it's so weird that uh i just hung out with a lady who was good friends with stephen hawking and he played a big role in um helping us understand black holes there's this thing called hawking radiation which um I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert on this, but my understanding is that we used to think, well, there was no way of detecting a black hole other than the complete absence of information. But he actually was able to work out some kind of kind of equation or whatever so that there actually is some radiation that comes out of black holes that will allow us to detect them, and that is what is called Hawking radiation. I know that physicists out there are probably saying... Uh, this guy is uh, not describing this exactly right, but I, I think I probably am, to be honest with you. You know, everybody wants to one-up you all the time. I, I try to break things down into the simplest terms to get the, the, the basic point across, but everybody has to earn their paycheck, so they have to be like, uh, I know a little bit more about this or that, so I'm sure... I'm sure there's some physicists out. And I'm not thinking of anybody in particular, but I'm just saying there has to be somebody who says that I did not give the best description of that, but you get the point. So, very interesting time. You can look at this stuff for yourself. Again, I will post the links to the information at Joshua P. Warren on my Twitter account. That's that's the easiest thing for me to do. 
Um, I can go and update my website every day, but that's kind of a pain. I'd rather just post, you know, updates on my Twitter page uh, at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and you'll see what I'm talking about. A um, few other updates for you. For one thing, um, I should have an update on the time travel, time machine, call it what you will, experiment that I've been working on with fiber optics. I should have an update for you next week on that. So um, I don't want to say too much more about it right now, but that should be coming your way. Secondly, there has been um, kind of a strange hiccup in the Mosquito Project, and um, I'm actually having difficulty getting in touch with SAV who um, has been my uh, my main guy with that project? I, I so anyway, uh, he's in England and we're on different schedules. I know, Sav, you listen to this podcast. Feel free to email me, contact me, and uh, we'll figure out what to do next on that. Uh, because again, I don't want to get into details, but we've had a little hiccup. And, uh, and and how we're arranging that project. So um, look forward to hearing from you, Sav. Also, listen, today is April the 2nd of 2019. It's a Tuesday. Now, if you are near Asheville, North Carolina, there is something that you should do. It's free. You should go to a really nice little area there in Asheville. It's Biltmore, I don't know if they call it Biltmore Park, I guess they call it, yeah, Biltmore Park. That's where the theater is, and um, really, really nice area. They have an REI there. And my buddy, Christian McLeod, the cryptid guy, the cryptid guy, he is presenting... A program there called Bigfoot 101 for Western North Carolina and the Appalachian. So again, this is today, Tuesday, April the 2nd, 2019. It starts at 6.30 p.m. It ends at 8.30 p.m. It's Again, it's free. Let me just read to you what it says here. Christian McLeod, the cryptid guy, the director of the Asheville Cryptid Society and host of the Coast to Coast AM featured podcast, Fringe Investigations, will discuss cryptids in the western North Carolina area and elsewhere around the world. With over 23 years of experience, Christian McLeod will also advise people who are interested in becoming cryptid researchers. There will be a 45-minute PowerPoint presentation followed by personal experiences that the cryptid guy has witnessed and experienced. The final portion of the event will be a two-part segment, 30 minutes each. Uh, First part will be the audience's personal experiences discussing the events they have witnessed. Second part will consist of questions from the audience for the cryptid guy and his team 
people attending the event will also be instructed on what to bring while researching and where they can buy it and how being an REI member is beneficial for a cryptid researcher. Of course, cryptids are creatures that may or may not exist, like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, you know, that kind of thing, chupacabras. So anyway, look, uh, you have to go do this um, if you're near Asheville today. Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019, it starts at 6.30 p.m., Asheville REI. I'll tweet the uh, information for you. It's at 31 Schink Parkway in Asheville, North Carolina. And Schink is spelled S-C-H-E-N-C-K, S-C-H-E-N-C-K. Christian's website is cryptidguy.com, cryptidguy, that's C-R-Y-P-T-I-D, cryptidguy.com. So there's so much cool stuff happening. Thank goodness it's spring now. I love the spring just because I don't enjoy the winter. I don't think many of us do enjoy the winter, but I certainly don't. And so a lot of cool opportunities are coming your way. And I want to repeat again, this Saturday, April the 6th, 2019, if you are near the Las Vegas area, then you can come and see me and hang out with me as we we go on the historic debut, very first official Creepy Vegas Ghost Tour. I created the Creepy Vegas Ghost Tour. And so come there, hang out with me. We'll do the tour, and then afterward, we'll go out, we'll have some drinks, we'll party, we'll have a good time. But uh, you have to go to creepyvegas.com and buy your tickets online. Creepy, C-R-E-E-P-Y, creepyvegas.com, buy your tickets online, and you'll get to hang out with me, Lauren, Nick Weird. We're going to take you on a hell of an experience, and... uh Man, I hope you can make it. It costs $19.95. Yeah, come on. You you know, that's probably the best value you're going to get to do anything in Las Vegas. This Saturday, creepyvegas.com. Um, so th- it starts at 6. We'll take the tour together. And then, uh, yeah, I've got a really cool place lined up for us to go and party and hang out. So that's going to do it for today's podcast. My name is Joshua P. Warren. My website is joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P. Please visit my website and check out the Curiosity Shop and see some cool stuff that you won't find anywhere else in the world. You'll find the link there on my website to this podcast, Joshua P. Warren Daily. Always short, always free, independent, uncensored Click the link to the podcast. You can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.